הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים, שדרנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים, שוכנע איפה הקדוש מאשר בארץ, אמר בשבחת רבנו הקדוש. צדיק יסודו נאם נחנו ומקוח חוכמה רבנו נחנו ונפגע בן שמחה נא נח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. So, בעזרת השם today we're going to start book 2 of ליקוטי מוהרן, ליקוטי מוהרן טיניאנה. And before we start lesson 1, we're going to start with the השמטה, this extra piece that רבנו wrote in between both books. Now we're going to see a very awesome uh, piece of advice that Rabbeinu is going to give us with regard to Avodat Hashem. And I'm supposed to start with the Hakdama, but for, just because um, I don't want it to be too long of a podcast, I'm going to skip the Hakdama. Hakdama. Hopefully I can try to do another podcast just on the Hakdama itself. But Be'ezrat Hashem, um, we'll start with the um, Hashmata, known as Echad Avraham. One was Avraham, as brought down in Cheskel chapter 33. And it said about Avraham that he was one. So, Avraham served God only through the fact that he was one, through this concept. Meaning that he thought in his mind that he was the only one in the world. He was the only one in this world. And he did not pay attention at all to all the other people. That were removing him from Hashem and trying to prevent him from serving God. He didn't pay attention to all these people. He didn't pay attention to his father or other people who were obstructing him. He served Hashem as if he was literally the only person in the world. And this is what is brought down. Abraham was one. The same is true of anyone who wants to enter. This service of God. It's impossible for him to enter except by means of what we just mentioned, this aspect. That he thinks that he's the only, that if a person really thinks and acts as if he's the only one in the world. Don't pay attention to any person who's standing in your way. For example, your father. Let's say it's your mother or no, your father and your wife even. Even your children, etc., etc., or all the other obstacles that come from all the other, these other people in the world, which are mocking you and trying to prevent you and turn you away from serving God. Do not pay attention or look at them at all. Only be in the aspect of what? Abraham was one. As if he's the only one in this world, as if he's the only one in existence. And with that, Baruch Hashem, with that piece of advice, we enter lesson one of Likud Moran. God willing, may we start strong and finish strong. Be'ezrat Hashem. Tiku Memshara Torah Aleph. It's brought on Teilim, chapter 81. Tiku Vachodesh Shofar, Bakesir Yom Chagenu. Sound the Shofar at a month's renewal. At the time appointed for our festive day. For our festival. Okay, Rabenu is going to put that verse aside and now we enter. Section 1. The Jew, the Jewish man was created so that he should have rulership above the angels. That he, sh- that he should have rulership over the angels. Look in Tikkun Ein of Tikkun Ezor, the 70th Tikkun. Daf Kufla Medzayin Amud Aleph, page 137a over there. You'll see this idea. So the Jew was created 
um, to have rulership over the angels. And this is the end purpose and the destiny of the Jewish people. That in the future, the tzaddikim, the righteous people, they will be inward, or their section will be inward of those ministering angels. At that time, it will be said to Yaakov and to Israel, what has God uh, done? Wrought what has gone, what has God um, acted on. Meaning, meaning that the angels themselves will need to ask from the Jewish people, these Jewish souls, when they will want to know what God had wrought. Meaning, what had God had acted, what God had done, what He had affected, and it's the angels that are going to ask us, as brought down in the Yerushalmi Shabbat. And each and every person needs to see that he arrives to this purpose and this final goal. That he should have rulership over the angels. But a person needs to guard himself very much. And he needs to see that he has the strength to maintain this rulership. So that these ministering angels don't um, have jealousy upon this person, that they aren't jealous about this person, and they don't make him fall, God forbid. Meaning that sometimes if you don't exercise your rulership properly, and you don't have strength, that uh, these angels can make you fall, God forbid. Because the angels are very jealous of a person that is at this level, that has rulership over them. Page 15b. That there are many great people um, um, that, these, that these ministering angels requested to push him away, to push this person away. And the person needs to maintain that strength in order to protect himself from this. What's the advice for this, Rabban Hussein? The advice for this, to protect yourself from these ministering angels who are jealous, to bind yourself with the souls of the Jewish people. And through this binding, this attachment to these souls, you are saved from these angels. And this is what is brought in Ayov, chapter 26. He allows him to grab the front of the chair. Meaning this is with regard to Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu, when he ascended up on Hasinai, and he came to receive the Torah, the angels wanted to burn him with their fire. And what did Hashem say? Hold on to the chair. So Moshe grabbed onto the front of the chair. What did the chair represent? Meaning that this person, this tzaddik, in this case Moshe Rabbeinu we're referencing here, needs to hold himself onto the souls of the Jewish people, which are what? Which are hewn from the beneath the, the from beneath uh, God's throne of glory. Which are um, which are um, taken from there. That is where the soul stem from under the Kisei Kavod. So when Moshe was grabbing onto the chair, he was actually grabbing onto these souls. And this chair represents Em Korchai, the mother of all nature. Mother Nature, the mother of all living things, meaning this idea that it's from the souls, all these souls stem from here. 
And this is what the Chachamim say. The Chachamim say in Gemara Shabbat, page 88b. At the time, um, whenever Moshe Rabenu ascended up on Har Sinai, the ministering angels said, What is someone born of woman doing among us? What is a human being doing here? Um, and what did God say to them? He came to accept the Torah. And they responded, Could it not be better that you bestow your majesty upon the heaven? Is that your meaning? Or would it not be better to do, to do so? Meaning that you, Hashem Yitbar, should give the Torah to us. Hashem said to Moshe, Give them a response. Respond to them. Amar and Moshe said, I'm afraid that they will burn me with their, with the, with their breath. Amar and Hashem responded, Grab on to the, um, um, the throne of my glory, etc., etc. Hashem was giving Moshe Rabbeinu the advice to grab on and to bind himself to the soul of the Jewish people which are the aspect of this throne of glory which is the mother of all living things brought up above which is mentioned in Midrash so this is what Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu this piece of advice to save him from these jealous angels through this piece of advice by grabbing onto the throne meaning attaching himself to these souls he would be able to be saved he would be able um, to be protected from these uh, jealous angels this is the aspect of what is brought in Bereshit chapter 2 and Hashem um Hashem Elohim and Hashem our God and he built um, and Hashem built this rib that he took from this man that he took from the man God built the rib which he took from the man etc but even what does it mean and he built as brother in Yeshaya chapter 22 even is an acronym for this phrase or yeah, this phrase spells out this word Vayiven. Take the first letters of this phrase. It spells out the word Vayiven. Utkativ yated b'makom ne'eman. I will affix him as a peg, as like a, a stake in a trusted place. Shehu This is the aspect of rulership. Meaning affixing him in a position of rulership. As the Targum Yonatan. As Yonatan ben Uziel translates on this verse, uh, I will appoint him as a trusted officer, serving in an enduring position, serving in a, in a position which is enduring, which lasts. That's what uh, Yonatan um, ben Uziel translates in Aramaic on this phrase. Meaning this aspect of rulership that we mentioned above, that the dominion will be enduring. Meaning that when a person is able to have this rulership that endures and it doesn't just, that he doesn't allow these angels to make him fall, as we said above, that a person needs to have strength and enduring rulership in order to protect himself from these angels. And this is what is Vayivin, um, as we just mentioned. And this is, the as this is the aspect of the rib that is mentioned in the verse that Hashem took from the rib of Adam and created Chava. The rib is Chava. It's Adam's wife, Em Kolchai, who's the mother of all living things. It's from her where all the human beings come from. Which means that she represents the throne of God's glory. 
because just as the kisei kavod is em kol chai, so too chaba is, which means chaba is like the kisei kavod. Shorshei neshamot kanan, she is the root of all the souls. That through this, when you attach yourself to this tela, this rib, you are able to um, have strength that your rulership is able to endure. As we just said, meaning it's through the tzela, it's through the rib, which is em kolchai, the shoshen eshamot Israel. It's through the root of these souls, which is hinted in this word tzela, which allows you to be vayivel, which is what utkativ etid b'makom neeman, to be um, placed in a position of authority, which is enduring. Vezeon, this is what is born in the verse, asher lakach min adam, that he took from man. Hanu ha'adam ha'adon, meaning the supernal man. Kemosh v'katub is brought down in Yechezkel. Chapter 1, and upon the throne there was the image in the likeness of a man. Um, and he brought her, he brought, God brought Chava to Adam, meaning to the lower man. Because through this, what we just mentioned above, now this lower man has strength to, um, to um, that his rulership is able to stand. And this is what Rav Amram Chasida writes, uh, sorry, what he responded back to this angel, has brought on Kiddushin, page 81. I am flesh and you are fire. And I am more powerful than you. I am better than you. If you take flesh, when Amram Chasid, Rav Amram Chasida says this, flesh, I'm a man of flesh. If you take this word, it spells out the phrase "shishim ribo becharem echad, becharem echad." Sorry, six hundred thousand in a single womb. As brought down, look in the Midrash Rabbah. Um, also look at Tikkun Ezor, Tikkun Chaf Aleph, twenty-one over there. It brings this idea that um, there were six hundred thousand souls in a single womb. This is a reference to Yochebed, who gave birth to Moshe Rabbeinu, who was considered as if he was six hundred thousand souls. So what is Shishim Ribo Bechares Echad? This is all the root of the souls. That through this strength, he has the power to have rulership over all the angels. So this is why Rav Amram Chazida is brought down. This secret in the Gemara. This is why he says, I am a man of flesh. And why the language of flesh is used over there? Because it's an acronym for this phrase. Shishim Ribo Bechares Echad. Take the first letters. You have Bizcha, uh, which means flesh. Meaning it's through this concept of the 600,000 souls of the Jewish people. When you attach yourself to these 600,000 souls, you're able to attain this rulership above the angels. As Rav Amram Chasida mentions over there. As he says, I am better than you. As he said above. And to bind yourself to the root of these souls of the Jewish people. A person needs to know the source of where all these souls come from. And the source of their life force. From where each and every soul receives its vitality. And the essential way to know all of this, where each soul receives its vitality and where it's rooted in, where it's rooted from, is to know all the famous people of the generation. The infamous tzaddikim of the generation. Because if a person is unable to know and to bind himself, in specificity um, to each and every soul a person needs to bind himself with all the leaders and the great people of the generation because all the souls are grouped 
and divided under them, meaning they stem from these great neshamot, these leaders. Because each and every famous tzaddik and leader of the generation has many souls, um, specific souls that are, um, that are applicable to his uh, division. And if a person binds himself to all these famous leaders, he actually essentially binds himself with all the specific souls of the Jewish people. But a person needs to know and to recognize these famous tzaddikim. Because there are many famous quote-unquote tzaddikim that are actually false. They're false leaders. They aren't true at all. They're, they're actually wicked. And they, they are only famous because of their azut, their boldness, their arrogance. Azut, arrogance, boldness is a kingship without a crown. Meaning that they have kingship, but it's truly without a crown. That they, these famous tzaddikim, quote-unquote, have kingship, but they are not really tzaddikim at all. So a person needs to know the difference between those who are emet and sheker. And to recognize these famous false leaders, um, which ones are through evil boldness, uh, God forbid, and which are not, is through the building of Yerushalayim. What is Yerushalayim? It's the heart. Yerushalayim represents the heart. As Badan, look at Tikkun 21, um, page 49a of Tikkun Ezra over there. That what is Yerushalayim is the heart. If you play around with the words, it becomes complete fear. Meaning when fear is in its perfect state. Which is dependent upon the heart. Page 32. Of those things which were given over to the heart, it is said about them, and you shall fear. Meaning fear is associated with the heart. And depending on how big, or if you want to attain this perfect state of fear, you have to attain this concept of the heart, which is Yerushalayim, perfect fear. So we see it's all connected. But there are three traits which destroy Yerushalayim. Rabban was saying that if you want to understand these famous leaders and who are false and who are true and to be able to bind yourself to these souls, you need to attain this concept of Yerushalayim, to build Yerushalayim, which is build your fear, to attain a state of complete fear. But there are three traits which destroy Yerushalayim, which means destroying the heart. Meaning that a person loses the fear associated with the heart, which is dependent upon the heart. How does a person lose this fear? These three evil, evil traits lose a person's fear. What are they? First off is the lust for money. The second one is the lust for the lust for eating. And the third is the lust for the third is the lust for sexual pleasures. Because these three traits are in the heart. And therefore, they make a person lose the fear that is present within the heart. Why? Because you're falling into the other pleasures. These are the illusions of the heart. Money, money is rooted in the heart. God's blessing enriches. It brings wealth. And no sadness is added to it. 
as it brought down in Bereshit, chapter 6, by Itatzev Elibo, where is sadness? Um, referencing, and it saddened him in his heart, and God grieved and saddened. God was sad in his heart. So we see that sadness exists in the heart. So we see that wealth is in the heart. Because it's both in the same place as the sadness. Achila, eating, bechinat, velechem levav, enoshi sal, alveno eating, is with regard to the heart. As brought down Tehidim chapter 104. Velechem levav, enoshi sal, and bread sustains the heart of man. So we see that food is in the heart. Tavat mishkal gam kirbalev. And the desire for sexual pleasure is also in the heart. Because the essential desire that we just mentioned, sexual pleasure, comes through heat. Which comes through the blood that is in the left ventricle of the heart. Which is that heat. And because this blood, because of all these ta'avot are in this are in the heart. Therefore, they bring loss to this fear in the heart, which is the aspect of Yerushalayim. So this is how you destroy Yerushalayim, your fear. This is the aspect of Brachot, chapter 3. There were three watches at night. Three periods of watches. Um... I believe with regard to the Beit HaMikdash, these three watches at night. Laila Zerukhinat Chosha, what does it mean, Laila, night? Laila is the aspect of darkness. Hanu Aminiyot, which are the obstacles. As we know, Velocha Sachta is brought down in um, this idea in um, with regard to Akedat Yitzchak, that we read every morning in Korbanot. We say, Velocha Sachta, that you do not hold back this aspect of um Darkness, which means obstacles. You didn't hold back, meaning you didn't hold yourself back from these obstacles. You you continued to push through. As with regard to Avraham Avinu, so we see that darkness is obstacles. And this represents the three watches, which represent the three evil traits that we mentioned above. This is what it says. That the first watch, a donkey brays. A donkey is crying, basically. This is the aspect of the ta'avah, the loss for money. Uh, chapter 49, that Yisachar is a strong-boned donkey. What does Unkelus um, translate that Yisachar is a strong-boned donkey as? In Aramaic, he's rich with possessions. So we see that Yisachar, is a strong-boned donkey, and being a strong-boned donkey represents being rich with possessions. So we see that, just like at the first watch, the donkey is crying, and the donkey represents wealth, we see the first watch represents wealth. A person needs to watch himself from this lust for money. That's the first one. Shniya, what's the second watch? How does it describe it in the Gemara? That the second watch is Kravim Toakim. This is when the dogs bark. This is the aspect of food. How do dogs represent food? It's brought down in Yeshaya chapter 56. The dogs are brazen sold. They do not know satisfaction. Meaning that even when they eat, they always want more. That is Tava for food. And the third one, the third watch. This is when the, the baby um, nourishes um, itself. Himself, herself, from the breast of his mother. Uh, and the woman converses with her husband. This is the aspect of um, um, sexual relations. 
as brought down in Gemara Ketuvot, chapter 13, or page 13a, Ra'uha Medaber, they saw her conversing, etc., etc. Um, they saw her conversing, and that conversing um, references this inyan of Tavat Mishkar. Vezeu, and this is what it says in the um, over there with regard to the third watch, that this baby is um, suckling from the breast of his mother. Because this tava, this desire for sexual pleasure, stems or is related to nursing. If a baby um, nourishes himself from a milk of an, of an immodest woman, then he will have a very, very um, strong desire for this tava. Because the blood decomposes and turns into milk. This is the blood of the woman that decomposes and turns into milk so that the baby can nourish um, himself off of it. Therefore, if she's immodest, then that um, milk which the baby intakes, which is created from that turbid blood, the turbidity of the blood that she once had, and now that evil blood which turned into milk, which now the baby is drinking, creates heat in his heart. Which is how this tava strengthened in a person. So depending on whether we nourish ourselves, uh, where we, whether we nourish our children from an immodest woman or a modest woman will depend how strong this person's tava is. And the same is true of the opposite. When this little baby drinks from the milk of a proper woman, then his heart is hollow within him. And he has no heat. The, only a little bit which is necessary, obligated in order to be able to fulfill the desire and the commandments of God. This is why the Chachamim say in the Gemara Avodah Zarah, page 4b, David David was not suited for that deed, that it says in Tehidim, page 109, my heart is hollow within me, that we see David is had a hollow heart. He wasn't suited for that deed, meaning that he, he was completely rid of this Tahaba for sexual immorality. What did it say in the verse? My heart is hollow within me. Take the first letters of that phrase. You have the word. It spells out the acronym. Or the acronym for this word is. Milk. Meaning through, holy, uh, through proper milk. Milk which comes from a proper woman. This person's heart is hollow within him. And this person's tava doesn't overpower him. And therefore, David Amenach, who was in this aspect of proper milk, who was rid of this tava, he was not fitting for that action. And on the meaning, the action with Batsheva, I believe. And on the opposite, a woman, uh, an immodest woman's milk, creates heat, too much heat, too much uh, fire. Which is is actually that's whenever the heart is hollow within a person, meaning that he is rid of this desire. He doesn't have heat in his heart. For when a person drinks from an immodest woman, when a baby drinks from an immodest woman, then it 
And it's in Tehilim chapter 39. My heart grew hot within me. Meaning what? Take the first letters. You have chalav, milk again. Meaning this is the milk of an immodest woman, which creates heart, uh, which creates heat within the heart. As we just mentioned. This is what the Chachamim say. In uh, the At each and every single one of these watches, each of these three watches, God sits down and uh, roars like a lion. Why is God roaring like a lion? Because there was a loss of fear. Brother Amos chapter 3, what does it say in the verse? The lion roars. Who will not fear from this? Meaning, why does God roar? Because there's a loss of fear. As we see in that verse in Amos. Because these three immoral traits, which represent the three watches as we said above, they destroy and they lose, they bring a loss to the building of Yerushalayim. It prevents the building of Yerushalayim, which means it prevents the perfection of fear, which is dependent upon the heart. So that's it for today. We see this very, very deep lesson. May we go through this lesson and through all these Torah, part of Book 2 of Likut Moran, and go through them with Simcha, with applying the advice that we're going to see in the Haktama, B'Srat Hashem, um, that Rabbi Nathan is saying over there, that the main thing is not the study, it's the action. That Rabban was giving us all these awesome pieces of advice, advice that is greater than all the oceans in the world. Imagine this how high and lofty these pieces of advice Rabbeinu is bringing us. Pieces of advice that have not yet been brought into the world. Um, the Rabbeinu said I had to go and grow very, very, very lofty levels until I got to a place where no one received their Chidoshim from because I only wanted something new. And Rabbeinu brought all these great lofty concepts and he's bringing them down to us. So here we see in simplicity all the simple pieces of advice. How we must protect ourselves from all these three immoral desires. Sexual immorality. Um, the lust for food and the lust for money. We have to protect ourselves from this. And by doing that, we actually perfect a state of fear in our hearts. Um, and Bezrat Hashem, with all the other pieces of advice that Rabbeinu teaches us, especially with the introduction that He taught us to be one in the world, not to pay attention to all those who are preventing us from serving Hashem. May we be strong, may we be courageous, may we have holy boldness to prevent um, or to protect ourselves from all those um, people obstructing us. Um, in our pathway close to us, in our uh, in our path, driving close to driving us close to Hashem. God willing, be Hashem.